And we are live. Welcome to this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. My name is Martin Hoxie, and uh, as ever, I'm joined by Steve Webster. Hi, Steve. Martin. Hi, Charles. And also Charles. So hey, welcome to 2021. It's got to get better, right? Got to get better. <laughs> <Absolutely. So, laughs> so we thought, um, given how terrible 2020 was, we'd, um, we'd bring a little bit of light into all your worlds and um, share some of the things that actually happened. Some nice things within, um, yeah. uh, within well, what was G Suite at the beginning of the year? <laughs> I, I think, first of all, absolutely. I mean, we all know 2020 was, let's just say, to be polite, challenged. Um, <laughs> but some really good things happened for folks that want to build solutions on, on G Suite, soon to become Workspace as a platform. And so I think monumental things that uh, you know, change really you know, the way we, we can build things. And so I think it's a great idea to look back. And we've got some really good guests to bring in. So Martin, why don't we bring in some folks? Yeah. We'll kind of enlighten on what we did and what, uh, what folks are doing with it. So yes, we've got, um, I think, a stellar lineup here. I think um, for, for many of you, you'll, you'll recognize a lot of these, uh, these faces that we've got. So um, on the show, helping us look back at 2020, we've got uh, Romain, so many of you will know Romain. Um, I've previously described him as the uh, Google Apps Script king. Um, he, I think he was in the beta, the Apps Script beta. So um, he's, he's certainly, uh, he's, well, quite literally, you've seen it all, Romain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, kind of uh, in terms of um, uh, acknowledged uh, expertise, we've got, um, we've got Scott, um, Scott Donald also, Perhaps better known until recently as Yagi. Hello, Scott. G'day, how are you? Have you on the show? So um, for those that don't know, Scott is our the, the, the newest member of the Google Developers Expert family. So I think uh, a well-deserved honor uh, for you, Scott. And um, uh, I can, can never pronounce the name of your website. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite challenging for some people. Yagi-san Atelier. Wow. So you, you, you've, um, you've been hopefully following uh, lots of Scott's um, posts over, over the years from there. And finally, but not least, we have uh, Olaf Hubble. Um, so Olaf is um, Google Workspace Developer Relations Manager. Have I got that right, Olaf? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess without further ado, we should, um, we should well, have a look. Well, one, one thing before we get started, I uh, I want to shout out. First of all, we have the newest GDE. We have my manager. Um, <laughs> we're the oldest GDE who also just had a addition to his family last night. So, Romain, congratulations on your baby boy. Literally, <laughs> show his dedication to the community and to the technology. He literally had a baby last night, and he's here. <laughs> Thank you. We enjoy here. We also think you're a bit mad, but thank you. <laughs> My wife did most of the work. Setting <laughs> <laughs> the bar really high for all the other new dots out there. <laughs> well, I hope uh, I hope you've got uh, scripting genius in in the blood in the genes. Um, we need to keep that going. 
Um, so yes, well, at the, at the start of the year, we were G Suite experts and G Suite developer relations people. Uh, and I think that was probably, you know, in terms of kicking this off, uh, the fact that um, we had a whole kind of rebranding for um, G Suite, we became uh, Google Workspace. Um, I wonder, Olaf, if you can give us any kind of insight to uh, perhaps, you know, why that was done or uh, some of the, the impact that that's had. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it was a big change, but it, it, it was a long time coming, right? G Suite, almost 10 years old. Most products started as single products by themselves. And over the 10 years, they just started growing closer and closer together. And it really became a big suite of uh, solutions. And so at some point, we had to really rebranded to represent what it actually is. And it really is your full workspace where you can work on top of that. Uh, right at the same time as the rebrand, we also uh, introduced the new Gmail where we have rooms and chats meet integrated, making it easier for you, for you to work, right? And so that was a big underlying idea of why uh, we had to rebrand. Um, just after 10 years, the growth that, that this product has had of all the products within it, and then now really for a full suite. Um, so so far, it's been been really good. Uh, people were very positive out there on on the rebrand. I think I, I, I was going to say the, the hardest problem for for most of us, I know in my case, is stop using the old name. I mean, you keep they call it Suite, and it's it's kind of hard to get used to it. I think the other kind of interesting thing, especially when we see things like Apps Script, or that that name has stayed consistent. AppScript evolved, obviously, when it was Google Apps many, many years ago when it first started out. Um, but I also think the scope of what you can do with the platform has changed as well, too. And we'll talk in a second about uh, some of these new kind of you know, solution types that you can build uh, and how that's evolved. So it's been a great culmination of not just about AppScript anymore, too. It's really, it's really become wider. And, you know, all I've hit the nail on the head, it's really about a unified experience. It's about this kind of when you go in, you know, for example, with Gmail, you go in, your chat is there, uh, the ability to have meet is there, uh, bringing things like, you know, uh, rooms together with files and tasks and, and, and all this other stuff. It becomes this kind of a new product at the same time as well, too. So it was a great idea to kind of really rebrand that entity to, to, to show more of, of what it was capable of. Uh, also, we uh, on the back end side, we kind of cleaned up the SKUs. So, for example, now, You've got SKUs uh, are more aligned with the way people were looking to acquire the product too. So it was kind of a perfect storm that, that made good sense. I still start off presentations by saying, I'm going to say G Suite all the time. <laughs> and, you know, four months later, I still am calling it G Suite. So I'm, I'm always going to be a G Suite developer. Uh, but what do you guys think? What's, what's kind of changed it for you as far as what's the overall theme of the way you've approached solutions in 2020 um, and, and, and look to in 2021? Anybody? I don't know. Be, be, before that, I was having a bit of a look online to see how well uh, Google Workspace was picking up compared to Google Suite on the search engines. And there's just just these last few months is starting to get a bit of parity between the two. So um, I think the names is getting that pickup, which is uh, quite promising. And the vernacular with my clients now are starting to use it a bit more too, which is uh, quite good. Have you, uh, Scott, have you found you've, you've had to do a lot of re-educating or have people kind of picked up the change from kind of divider pipe media? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not sort of do the re-educating and hoping it sort of appears organically and I'd sort of use it in my conversation and then it, it's getting adopted along the way. 
but uh, yeah, it was it was good to see yesterday doing the comparison between the two with the uh, the search hits and and seeing that they are starting to come together, and uh, yeah, it's good good to see the change. Mm. And personally, I, it kind of caused controversy at the time, but I really liked the new look and the you know the icons mm -hmm. were all rebranded. Um, as you can see behind me, big fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So um, I, it always takes I, a little bit of time to get used to. Yeah. 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 Now everyone pronounce workspace and not workplace. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, it's funny, Mark. You brought up the icons, though. Most people really got the name. Yeah. yeah. A lot mm. of people wrestled with the icon change, and I didn't get it. I love the new icons, but a lot of people are like, but the icons are hard to get used to. Like I look, you know, and I, and I see when I drop down, you know, the little. Um, mm you know, the icon there and picked up, I, I didn't rec No, I, I love the new icons. I thought they looked great. And it was funny how a lot of people, I think it was, again, just getting used to it or, you know, uh, 10 years of staring at the old ones. But um, we got more blowback for that than anything else. Which is really shocking. Well, the annoying thing is I've got to change all my slide decks. Come on, people. Yeah. <laughs> I've got old material. <laughs> I don't want to refresh it. Yeah, we had to go through a lot, like the developer site. We had to go through and obviously replace the content in the site. If you notice in the URL when you go to the developer site, everything from Workspace will redirect sometimes to G Suite, so the name is still uh, viable in a lot of the documentation at the at the URL site. But we got it all inside the product. But it takes a little while; people get used to it. Um, you know, we're still App Script underneath the core as far as you know developer language. But uh, you know, I think it's just one of those things that people adjust it. Talking of developer language, so. Um... A big announcement. I think this was an incredibly welcome development for AppScript developers uh, was the V8 runtime. So um, this put us on parity with uh, a lot of our, well, JavaScript developers. We're, we've got a, a modern syntax. Um, uh, so I think that was a, a great development. So in terms of kind of impact, um, is anyone? Kind of still wrestling with that, or any any kind of uh, highlights or insights you'd you'd like to share? Well, on my side, it's I discovered that it's now way easier to onboard uh, developers on AppScript, mm. uh, especially uh, uh, young people uh, going out of dev schools. Uh, they are used to code uh, in modern JavaScript. And uh, before, it was uh, super hard to uh, show them the greatness of AppScript oh, yeah. uh, if they were struggling with uh, things like, oh, the code that usually works don't work in that platform. Yeah. I mean, so we, when we released in 2009, right, we were based on you know ES5, ECMA 5. And you know that was state of the art at the time, and then you know literally hundreds of millions of scripts were produced, and we had to keep them running. And right, so for us to kind of you know change the engine on the airplane in mid-flight was kind of hard. And so, as you guys know, it took a while for us to move from Rhino, you know, to ES6 in the V8 engine um, because we were afraid of what it was going to break. Uh, in the end, it became one of those, you know, Y2K problems where you know, everyone was afraid, but nothing broke. It it just kind of worked. Mm -hmm. And you can 
kind of run your code in either or or leave it in the old one. It obviously defaults to the new one if you build a new one, or it'll stay with the old, which you can adjust in the manifest. Um, but we found about you know well over eighty uh, percent of scripts will run either one, uh, which is neat. So there's not a lot of migration mm -hmm. that we do. Uh, at some point, and that could be as, as soon as uh, the next few quarters or, or a little later, we will uh, deprecate the old uh, Rhino um, ES5 version. Um, but today, you know, your code just runs, just works. Uh, one of the things I'd love to hear individually from the GDEs or, you know, Olaf yourself, what, what did you see was the biggest kind of enhancement or change uh, moving to the new version? Besides, obviously, the fact knowing that it's more modern, but was there anything that stood out? Was there any technology? I mean, for me personally, it's less coding. You can do things more efficiently, um, you mm -hmm. can do it more logically. A cleaner code, you can write cleaner code. You're not stringing variables along and stuff. And you can actually make your code more readable. Those are my highlights. Um, what stands out to you guys? Like what was the fave feature that you found uh, going from uh, Google? And, and, and let me let me two-part that. Is there anybody who still writes intentionally in the mm -hmm. version? Is there anybody here who really loves the semicolon and can't get away? <laughs> well, for me, it's kind of like I've been using the Rhino for so long. <laughs> it takes me a little while to rethink, right? So, yeah, it took a little bit. Yeah, I think it might be, sorry, Scott. Uh, You're right. It might be a bit difficult uh, for um, developers who have uh, uh, very big uh, app mm -hmm. script projects uh, that, have, that are hard to migrate to V8. Uh, for those people, they might want to stick to uh, the old syntax uh, because they cannot uh, change easily, but for all others, uh, it's yeah, just even if you don't use all the new features uh, provided by V8, uh, at least the fact that uh, you code uh, in the same way uh, other uh, people actually code nowadays uh, is just way better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think um, I think for me, I put a post out to uh, my my readers at the start, and I was really concerned because uh, my audience is usually with a beginner group, and I didn't want to make too much of a transition into code that they're not familiar with. So I said, guys, do you want me to stick with the Rhino uh, typical old coding or go with the the new ECMAScript 6, and that's where they wanted to head. So uh, it, it was good for me because I was excited about it, and uh, they were very much behind learning the, the new format and uh, and running with that and and arrow functions and template literals and and uh, default parameters. It uh, does make things more elegant and a big performance boost too. Mm. I, for me, it was um, I. A lot of the time when I'm coding, I'm, I'm hitting Stack Overflow and just looking at JavaScript solutions for um, you know moving data around or you know arrays. And as Stack Overflow JavaScript tag it was yeah. more and more modern syntax, it just wasn't. It's like I'm having to find the old way of doing it. So it just makes a lot of the the Stack Overflow snippets pure JavaScript snippets, uh, a lot easier for me just to pick up and, and drop in. So, um, But for me, where it really came together in terms of the uh, the V8 stuff was getting the new IDE, um, which uh, I think probably uh, takes us on to our, our next topic. So obviously, this, this came uh, a more recent development. Um, 
but uh, a, a very welcome one. <laughs> I, yeah, later, later in the year, around December, we, we rolled this out. And, and as you guys know, being GDEs, there was a, both were a long-term, long time coming. Um, kind of big releases, you know, change your engine and then, you know, change your UI at the same time. Um, and and you know, the, the team got it together, I think, in a big deliverable way. If you saw our show end of last year, uh, State of the Script, where, where Keith Einstein joined, we actually showed off, you know, the new IDE. Um, a lot of us have been using it uh since it wasn't even alpha, uh, a lot of folks on this call even. I know as of this week, I understand we're 100% uh, worldwide rolled out. At least that's what I understand. I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure everybody has it. So for me personally, it's it's made a world of change. It's just made it so much easier, so much more pleasant. I had nothing against the old IDE. Uh, Steve, like you mentioned, you kind of get used to it. And it's kind of, you know, it's uh, if someone gives you a manual tool, you keep working with it until you get the electric tool and you, you don't know how to go back. Uh, it's the same thing. I have a tough time going back. There's so many things that, that are just uh, interesting about it and, and, and game changing about it. Everything I've heard so far is positive. There's a few things we'd like to tweak, but for the most part, I think that might have been one of the biggest game changers. Well, definitely for 2020, but really, frankly, in a long time. So what do you guys think? What's your favorite feature? What, what excites you about the new IDE? Well, I'm interested to hear from Romain. You, know, you were there at kind of the AppScript beta um, you know, ten plus years ago. So you've are are you um, are, are you still uh, are you mainly developing in the IDE still, or are you a Clasp user dabbling in IDE? So I was uh, never a hard uh, Clasp user. Uh, I used it for um, yes yeah, some projects, but. Uh, yeah, usually I prefer to uh, code in the ID online uh, just because it was easier to directly uh, run a function, uh, try it out, uh, uh, access the logs uh, in the next tab because logs weren't uh, as uh, beautifully integrated <laughs> in the new ID. Uh, and so I was... I was used to play with a crappy ID. Uh, <laughs> uh, and since I've been playing with the new one, yeah, it's hard to, uh, well, as some features haven't been integrated yet in the new ID, sometime I have to switch back. And during those time, I, I really see the, the difference and how and yeah uh, everything I've uh, gained with the, with the transition and uh, from I I created a lot of um, libraries code libraries over the years uh, and uh, those libraries were really like lacking uh, good autocomplete um, because yeah the old IDE and the old libraries were only allowing a uh, small autocomplete, which was yeah not super great. And uh, now I started to rewrite all my libraries to benefit uh, of the autocomplete in the new ID. And it's just way easier for other people to uh, start using those library because the, mm. when you have all the documentation accessible in the autocomplete, it's yeah, just way better. <laughs> That's great to hear. I, I wasn't actually aware that the the new ID, you know, supported that, you know deeper autocomplete with libraries. So that's one for me to take take away as homework. 
Yeah, it's uh, basically uh, any JSDoc you put uh, in your uh, around your functions uh, will be uh, analyzed and reused in the autocomplete. Mm. That's big. That's big. Yeah, what I liked about it, it's more the one-stop feel. It's more smooth of going to here and there, where before it was more awkward or jerkiness <laughs> navigating. Now it's more smooth. Um, and then from the early um, feedback, I've heard people saying, well, how about those nice Chrome extensions? Well, there's been progress with those too for those who wanted to uh, work with uh, repositories like GitHub. So that's been improved. Uh, and folders and things like that. So I, I think I think it's a, a nicer environment to work with now. How about you, Scott? Um, I think the console looks a lot nicer. Uh, you can you can see um, how it's running just right on the screen, and uh, it comes up with uh, with your auto uh, auto complete is is a lot tidier, especially when you're moving on something. Um, uh, front end when you you've got your HTML there and sort of completing that as well as also your Google Apps script um, that was a, a big boon and uh, keeps me away from being on class um, and it keeps me straight on the IDE which is good. Yeah, you mentioned you work with a lot of new users. I mean, you know, clearly one of the design goals of the development team was mm -hmm. to make an editor that was more approachable. Right? I mean, the old one kind of didn't flow as smoothly as Steve mentioned. It didn't kind of have that approachable feel. And don't get me mm -hmm. wrong, there's still a learning curve, and that's that's why folks like ourselves are, are, are gainfully employed. But it's it's definitely easier, especially I think you know, my big thing is the documentation. When I learned, I was constantly going back and forth to another screen to figure out how to use all the different objects. And now it's as you type, it is there. It tells you, it shows you. Uh, I know a lot of folks would like the ability to either move that or change that and, or turn it off so it doesn't overly in, invade the space. And it is something we're looking at. But um, to me, uh, and I'd love to hear from you, Scott, what do you think the, the learning curve difference is? Is it, is it, is it a, a monumentally improvement onboarding or is it uh, incremental? Like, what, what, What's the feedback you've got from, from students and from, from new folks? Yeah, I, I think that the documentation is a huge um, game changer now. Um, Usually, ninety percent of the job is is this guided discovery through the documentation. Everyone's terrified of going onto the to the documentation website, or just could not be bothered. But it's right there in front of them, and so it sort of cut a lot of the questions off um, to me now because it's it's all in front of them, which is good. So they can get on with the job and move forward with whatever project they're they're planning. Um, I think that's probably the biggest game changer for the brand new user, um, especially when, even when they they've got their macro for the first time and uh, and they're looking at their, what they've just created, they can just uh, you know click on the function and they can see um, the instructions and how it's working. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest game changer for the brand new user. Well, that's awesome. Hey, I want to try something really dangerous while we have Olaf here. Um, uh, the four GDs chime in. We know it's a monumental advance, but what should we do next? What would be the next, like, what would you like to see? And I know a couple of folks are leaning towards certain things. Also, if you're listening in, hit us up in the chat, ask us a question or put it in the comments. What would you like to see next? But, you know, you know Martin, Steve, Romain, Scott, real quick, pick, what's, if you had $1 to invest on something new, what would it be? What, what would it be? Don't say it's perfect. We know it's, I mean, do you want to talk about deployments? 
frankly, I uh, well the the new deployments aren't uh, perfectly finished as of yet. But it's not an investment. It's just we we know it will be fixed to perfectly work. But the uh, the the new deployment as it is today, uh, as it will be once uh, perfectly tuned in, uh, will will be way easier to use uh, than before, uh, without any uh, thing missing. Uh, so yeah, no, it's. Yeah, it's great to hear how positive everybody is about it. I see some positive comments coming online as well. Yeah, Daniel loves it. He's using the new IDE, uh, using VS Code in class less and less. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Martin, come on, you're not. I know you're not unbiased, Martin. What's the where, where, what's the next thing you want to add? Uh, I'd like it to be, um, and we touched upon this when we spoke to Keith. It's just, um, I think, easier for us as a community to extend. Right. The IDE, mm -hmm. so um, either um, you know an add-on framework being made available, or you know it is based on VS Code and kind of the engine behind that, which has a whole community kind of extension facility behind it. So I think it for me, you know, it's been great to see things like the Git Git GitHub Assistant or the Gas Gas Hub. I think is the short term for it. So which is the one that Steve mentioned. So this is a Chrome extension that gives you GitHub integration. I, I'd, you know, it's nice that that's been possible through Chrome extensions, but I'd rather it to be in the product where I could select, you know, add GitHub integration to your, you know, your IDE project. Um, so that's, that's where I put my buck. It's a good question. I'm thinking uh, since I do, do a lot of add-ons. Uh, we did have a surprise announcement in 2020 with the card builder. So if we think about the uh, the new type of add-ons, I think it'd be nice to uh, expand on that. I think it's a very helpful tool. Uh, you drag and drop, and then copy and paste the uh, code in. I think it's a I think it's a big win. Absolutely. How about you, Scott? What's your one uh, one new desire? I I think uh, it was deployment again, um, but I think. Uh, like Romain said, it's it's underway. It's it's um, getting improved and better and better each time. So once that's sorted out, I would be very happy. Um, and then with what Martin said, it's almost like a, a Visual Studio code and people intuitively expect that there's add-ons there now. So uh, maybe if we can get around that, but that seems like a very big project uh, for the devs. So <laughs> that might be a long way down the pipeline, I'd imagine, Ola. No, but it, it, it is something we're talking about. And just to wrap up this topic real quick, I know, for example, feature uh, parity with the old IDE, so all the, all the uh, publishing mechanisms, that should be soon here, very soon, Q1-ish soon. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to get to that done before we deprecate the old one. Um, the ability to put add-ons is something we're actually trying to figure out. Do we extend it? Does that make sense? What's the demand for it? So I'm glad we, you guys mentioned it and we heard it. And then we know that, obviously, managing code and reasonably about code is a, is a key initiative that we're looking at in 2021. I want to segue for a second to something else that was really new. I know a lot of folks tuning in and everybody on the call is an expert in AppScript or has some affiliation with AppScript. But one of the big pushes for us is folks that don't know, right? We know there's a learning curve, we know it's hard. And for us, a lot of ways, refocusing on the citizen developer, 2020 was a big year for that. So 
back in, I believe it was February, maybe it was January offhand. Um, I can look it up. We, uh, let's see, when do we get, ah, it was January. So about a year ago, we acquired AppSheet, which is a low code, actually no code solution. And then also uh, subsequently, we had a, a show right before the break for the holidays on tables, which is another entry that really makes it easy to build solutions without writing any code or very little code. So um, specifically AppSheet, again, been about a year. You know, Olaf, I know you're a super huge fan of AppSheet. I also know you're a super huge fan of less code is better code. What's, uh, what's AppSheet for us and what's it been like and, and, and where do you see that going? AppSheet is just a great tool for, for no code. And yes, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of no code, low code. Um, I, I really like AppSheet because it just allows you to quickly take what applications you already have and then extend them. I really like what they're doing around automation around it. Uh, so the new directions that they're pushing that in. I know you had uh, the speaker on one of your other shows already. So you walked through most of those things. But that, to me, is, is just th those things are, are, are really, really nice. Um, so it's, it's it, you know, at the end, I'm all about productivity and, and helping like the citizen developer or the pro user, as you like to call them, or you know, different names people give them. But how do you make people more productive and be able to extend our tools so that they can really work within their enterprises and, and companies and just really get value out of the apps that, you know, are smaller scale things within a team or very regional or something like that, like things that we don't build uh, within there. And that's why I love that, you know, we have a platform that can do that and, and AppSheet just like really works on top of that. Yeah, absolutely. So quick, real quick, spoiler alert, um, we are working on an upcoming episode where we show how AppScript, AppScript and AppSheet can work together. So if you're interested in that, let us know in the comments or if you want to hear more, tune in for that. Uh, Steve, you did, I was actually at your company's event when you had uh, a session last February, which I think was, as far as I know, one of the first publicly um, shown version of AppSheet as a Google product. And I remember you were talking about it and you had a bunch of folks in the room interested in it. I know you work with a lot of customers. Steve, what have you specifically seen momentum over the year? What have people been doing with AppSheet? What have you heard? Uh, and I'm going to ask a funny second part of that question. Have you seen use cases where AppSheet has actually superseded uh, opportunities for using AppScript? Have you actually leaned on AppSheet more in some use cases? What do you think? Yeah, yeah the whole citizen developer is, 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 is interesting. So if I can speak to the enterprise level type of customers just for a moment. Um, one point is if you have the upper level of licensing, AppSheet uh, is included. Right. Uh, you can, it's like unlimited sort of thing. Um, the other point that I believe we talked about a little bit in 2020 as well, Charles, was wrapping a policy uh, from the IT perspective. Um, because otherwise you could have chaos if everyone's doing different variations and, and types of no-code development. Uh, so for example, it kind of makes sense in this day to say, from a policy standpoint, let's use AppSheet. And when you use AppSheet, let's follow these type of guidelines. So we don't have such chaos and supporting within the organization. So I think that's worth to mention that uh, as well. And as far as um, answering the question of, let's kind of call it scale, scalability. Um, with AppSheet, you can use it as a prototype. Then as it was mentioned, I think in our, uh, uh, discussion we had in 2020, 
those prototypes become permanent <laughs> because you become a fan, right? You can easily go from like a spreadsheet as a database and then maybe convert it as you scale to a regular SQL type of database. So there's room of scaling starting with the product and you may just stick with it. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So Romain and Scott, specifically, you guys write code for a living. How does a no-code tool fit into your repertoire? Like, have, I mean, have you embraced it personally, or are the use cases not sophisticated enough for some of the solutions you build? What, what, what's your thoughts about behind the tool? Um, um, for me, I haven't, haven't touched it yet. So uh, answer. <laughs> I'll leave this one for Romain. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, so I uh, try to uh, use it a bit. I uh, saw how easy it was to, uh, well, like create a, a nice form uh, to let people enter data and then display all that data uh, in a way, way more beautiful than in a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that it's mobile also uh, is very nice. So it doesn't answer uh, any need, but if you need to simply uh, create a quick database uh, where that uh, people will uh, need to access in a uh, nice way and interact with in a nice way uh, using kind of a form, uh, it's a super great tool. Um, but yeah, that's a usual, yeah, I, I mean, I'm an abscript expert. Uh, I have enough uh, work with that. So I didn't have to uh, uh, invest a lot in uh, building things with AppSheet. Yeah, and, and one of the things I always say, I totally get your standpoint. One of the things I always say is I am a solution developer, not a code developer. I want to solve problems. I don't care how I get there. Uh, and we all know the less code you write, the less code you have to maintain, which I think is which is great for businesses. I think you're going to see, especially now that you know it's been moved into you know workspace SKUs, it's becoming part of the team, it's becoming more important. You'll see how we we expand it, and also, like I mentioned, again, spoiler alert, we're looking on an episode on how you can actually use AppScript with uh, you know uh, actually going forward. And I think again, it'll be one of those you know. Um, best of breed for no code solutions, but not not the end all be all. But I think it's going to have some 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 great opportunities for folks, especially frankly less technical or you know for solutions that are you know need less scale or less length or need to be done uh, faster, quicker, and whatever. So um, the AppSheet team itself has has seen some just phenomenal embracing of the solutions. Obviously before we acquired them, but since they've joined, uh, you know so much so much more. Martin, have you uh, have you played much? I played a bit, and I think for me, um, kind of the the pitch I'd give to developers to to if you've not had a look at it yet to go and look at it is um, AppSheet has a number of kind of built-in functionality that you know you could prob you maybe code in app scripts, but you know you got things like um, you know easy location signature QR code scanning. You know we've seen similar app script projects. You know I've seen a couple of QR code things but to have something that's you know drag and knock dra drag and drop native you know you, you just you're picking up these features and I think um, you know Charles has mentioned we're, we're hopefully going to do a show where you integrate with app script you can already integrate um, uh, app sheet has webhooks so you know you can publish a web app 
and you know start interacting with your app script projects there so if you're looking for an easy way just to you know grab signatures or something um uh as as a, a solutions developer i'd be looking at app sheet to do that and then maybe dusting a bit of app script on top if it wasn't doing it all for me yeah i was just going to say the same thing about the web hooks like AppSheet actually gets a lot more advanced the deeper you get in there, right? Mm -hmm. It starts with this simple thing where you're like, oh, I have a sheet, I want to show a form. Um, and, and yes, there's a lot of value to that, and there's a lot of scenarios where that is super useful. But the second you start playing with it, you start doing the workflow rules and things like that, and then if you put a webhook in a workflow rule, like you quickly end up with really cool solutions where you didn't have to write any co code yet, and they're, they're really advanced. Yeah, I mean, your time to app with AppSheet is super fast, right? Mm -hmm. We all know your time to app with AppScript. You're going to write some code, and you've got to, you know, have some background or at least experiment or play with it, or take one of Scott's courses, or you know, find a library that remains already built, uh, or hire Steve. Whatever the case is, <laughs> I think the you know the beauty of it is that, again, it really does widen the door for folks who want to build solutions. And I, I'm super excited to say it's part of the Google Workspace solution developer platform. Right? It makes it makes great sense. Quick pivot. Another interesting tool, though. Um, to move along, also introduced this year, which again, I believe was around the September timeframe, we actually uh, previewed, did kind of an alpha beta preview from the Area 120 team, something called Google Tables, which again is another no-code, low-code, interesting solution, which we also did a show back in December. We had Carly come on, amazing demos with Ben Collins. And I'm blown away by it because again, it's more than a spreadsheet. There's a lot more ways of manipulating multi-relational database type concepts with webhooks and workflows and, and some really cool tools. It is not part of the workspace family yet. We even got, Charles, we even got in trouble for calling it Google Tables. Right, because it's- Remember that? We had to call it the Tables Beta. And again- From, from something, something. I'm really jealous because I'd love to see it join the family. The reason the Area 120 team pushed out there was they wanted to see, was it viable, what people thought of it, was it useful, should it be a product? So let's just do this super fast. If Carlin's watching, real quick show of hands from the experts. Should it be a product? What do you guys think? Yeah. Two, three. <laughs> yeah. I think so, the bottom guys, still thinking about it. At the very um, least, it needs to get to Australia for us to play with it. <laughs> right, I forgot. Yeah. You got so that's right. So uh, for folks uh, that aren't US based, unfortunately the preview is not available because of data security protection rules. But uh, so that's a yeah. I apologize. I forgot you guys hadn't played with it. But you've no, seen but it. haven't yeah. seen Carlin doing his demo. Okay. I, I, I defy anyone not to want it after that. Well, if you yeah. watch the, if you watch yeah, that episode, pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> you watched the episode. I think it was that uh, episode from sometime in December time frame. I was blown away by the demo. I've used it internally. We have teams using it internally for apps already. Again, just to kick the tires and see where it lands. We don't know if it's going to become a product. Um, but I think people, again, they see this the, the beauty of doing way more than you know managing data in a spreadsheet, but doing things interestingly with it. And it fits, I think, well into, again, that citizen developer space uh, to allow you to you know, create solutions without having to you know reinvent the wheel to write a lot of code. I mean, how many folks here have written app script behind a spreadsheet where you've built a database model and you've manipulated it, you end up you know, inserting and deleting and updating rows and you're writing lines and lines and lines of code. Uh, this does it for you magically in that UI that actually warms that experience. And so uh, I'm excited about it. I'd love to see it happen. But you know, when you see, and, and Olaf jump in here, 
Um, citizen development and, and making it easier is really one of the big design goals, whether it's new um, category applications like, you know, AppSheet and, and hopefully one day tables, uh, but also, you know, our team and, and the product team are really talking about how do we make, you know, app script for all? How do we make automation for all? How do we make solution building for not just, you know, experts that, you know, spend years and years, but for anybody who wants to build something. And that's good. That's a key initiative uh, for us. And, and we're trying to figure those things out. Yeah. Personally, I'm more interested in, I'd love to hear people's feedback on that as well. Like what is the journey from no code to um, low code to pro code, right? And and like I, I love to take people that haven't have never coded before, but you know love working in workspace with their documents and, and things like that, and now want to start extending it. Like how can we get them into a no code tool and then slowly teach them what they can do so they can start doing some basic scripting, or we start teaching them some concepts of you know how to connect to a webhook or like do things like that. And then how do we slowly get those people into pro code so they can actually start building full blown uh, applications? Like that, that is my my passion really is about figuring that out. Like how can we make those three worlds like seamlessly grow together? Yeah, and I, and as we mentioned when Keith was on and we did the state of script show, um, we've seen you know exponential growth in people creating app scripts. And we find a lot of them are new people. A lot of them are curious. A lot of them are coming from the macro recorder. A lot of them are coming from solutions they find in the solution gallery. A lot of them are finding work that you guys have done online and posted it. And there's a great excitement. Um, but, but as we all know, not everybody is overly successful in you know, completing that journey or, or, or doing it. And you know, again, we're trying to make this easier and simpler on how people can be successful. So uh, you know, stay tuned, folks. That's something we want to work on. Definitely want feedback on how do we, as experts, help other people be more successful. I, just to add to that, I think AppScript is a great product in terms of bringing no coders into the coding world. It's it's definitely where I started. You know, unpicking Remains Event Manager tool um, from 2011 or 10, uh, uh, and just picking. I think for me, the the thing that the really nice thing about AppScript is you get reward very quickly. So you know, in a couple of lines of code, you're doing stuff. You're interacting with big Google products, uh, which I find mm -hmm. um, yeah. still to this day thrilling. It's um, you know to generate a map in a line of code is um, just like magical. But it absolutely. Hey, awesome, awesome segue here. One of the other big releases that we really built on in 2020 was add-ons, and so. You know, folks that don't want to write a solution or don't have time to solution can go find a third-party solution or hire an expert to write an add-on and something building. And we happen to have uh, one of the most prolific add-on writers here with us uh, in Romain. And so I know you've been building them for a long time. Um, but for folks tuning in for the, the Rewind, kind of the big thing in 2020 was the new Google Workspace add-on model, which A, allows you to build an add-on that runs across uh, Gmail, Drive, Calendar, and now all the editors, so sheet stocks and slides, where you can write code once, deploy once, actually create um, you know different type of uh, functionality for all those apps and build it with a new card builder UI metaphor, which allows you to do it in a very more structured, very more polished, easier, frankly, a lot less code way to do it. And that's all brand new in 2020. Um, really opens up a lot of doors for new types of development. Uh, Romain, I'd love to start with you on this because 
A, you've played with the new one. B, you've written some of the most famous add-ons ever released uh, before. What does that change meant to you? And, and what can you tell us about uh, you know those innovations? Uh, well, first, it's well. It was really great to see add-ons uh, leaving the uh, editors area and going to Gmail, Calendar, and Drive. Uh, it's uh, very interesting to be able to uh, do interactions with uh, uh, files on Drive, and also super useful uh, for a lot, lot of people and uh, also companies to uh, interact with emails especially companies uh, who had uh, Outlook plugins and so on. Um, and um, regarding the development of add-ons now, uh, I think the uh, the card service, well, it gives you, of course, it gives you limitations uh, compared to the HTML service. But what I found is that uh, in terms of uh, user experience, the uh, constraints brought by the uh, card service actually, uh, well, you're forced to, to build a, a better user experience because you, you cannot do uh, super weird things that you could think are great ideas and you can do them because with the HTML service, you can do everything. And now uh, it's uh, super strict, but uh, this uh, the fact that it's strict uh, does help you build, yes, something way simpler. Uh, so, and actually answer the same purpose, but easier for users. So safety was one of the reasons why obviously we went with the car builder service. We also wanted uniformity and to make people with more consistent developer experiences. But we also opened up some new opportunities. For example, now you have a homepage, now you have the ability to navigate cards, which again, doing that in HTML service would have been a lot of work. Have you changed kind of the metaphor of the way you're building your add-ons or, or has that enhancement helped? I mean, um, you know, for, for folks tuning in, I mean, I know, I know you're working on a product called Mergo, which uh, we'll give you a little shout out there. Uh, are you changing the way you're approaching building that? Is it, um, is there nuances you couldn't build before in the old service that you're able to do in the new one? Um, I, I don't think uh, the card service or the, the new, uh, well, one thing that's definitely changing is of course that uh, you are the same add-on uh, can live both in, for example, a spreadsheet and yeah. Gmail or spreadsheet and maybe drive and so on. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, Great plus. Uh, the uh, for uh, developers in terms of um, visibility, the fact that it's visible in the sidebar and not in the add-on menu uh, does help. I don't know how helpful it will become once uh, users start to install a lot of add-ons and the sidebar got get crowded. But uh, it's. Yeah, for now, uh, it's definitely a plus. Uh, in terms of features, uh, you you don't have access to new APIs or whatever, uh, but yeah, it gives you a, an easier way to yeah to to build a, a easy to use interface for users. So it's easy to code for the developer, 
and easier to use also for end users. You, you bring up a great point. I mean, first of all, again, we talked about security. We limited scopes because the demand on businesses make add-ons safe, right? You don't want open scopes. I mean, add-ons we wrote years past that had you know full access to your inbox were probably not a good idea. And so having contacts, having a limited scope, having that was one of the key initiatives. You know, but you brought up another fact, I think, which, which is amazing about it is, you know, before you've seen how you go into, you know, add-ons, you go tools, add-ons, and there'll be a list of all the add-ons you had. They weren't discoverable. You had to go, you know, search for them as a user. But now as an admin, I can deploy that to users in my organization. And it shows up in the panel on the right side of something, say, like, um, you know, Gmail, where there's some first-party built-in ones like you know, calendar or tasks or even maps now. But now there's an icon there representing all your third-party ones right there. So you're really easily discoverable. And I think it's going to actually help users find add-ins better than before. Because one of the problems before is just awareness, right? People, oh, I have an add-on? I didn't know my, my admin installed that, except for I get a little pop-up when I, when I first log in the first time it happened. But now I think it's going to be more discoverable. Uh, you put your little icon out there. I think it's great. Uh, and you set up, uh, you know, you're along right there with first-party ones which you're in the product, you're in the UI, which I think is a huge enhancement. But I agree with some of the limitations he said on how do I actually you know, build richer UIs or, or, or flow more. Um, there's a little bit of a trade-off there, but so far my experience and you know, a bunch of folks on my team, in fact, I built an add-on and Olaf and, and Steve from my team actually picked apart why I actually built a better add-on with a new one than I did with my prior add-on that I was in love with. And they showed me that I was actually wrong and more efficient and safer. And so it, it was a better experience for me. Uh, open up to the other guys, Martin, Steve, Scott, have you built a new add-on with a new model? What's your impressions? What can you tell folks uh, why it's something that uh, 2020 really gave us that was great? Sure, I guess I'll go next. Uh, so yeah, I had this add-on that was Google Sheets, so it's one of the editor add-ons. And so I took it upon myself to convert. So I went through a lesson learned there. I actually have a slide deck, I guess we could share too, uh, not screen share, but maybe in the chat here. Uh, but anyhow, uh, my experience was I liked the idea of spending less time coding UI, going from maybe a thousand lines to a couple hundred, uh, was 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 great for me. But I had to rethink the structure and look at the documentation for the guide guidance recommendations. So that was very helpful. So I like the experience. And now, as kind of like Remain pointed out, even though I did that for sheets. Uh, if I have this topical add-on that says, hey, I want to clean up or remove something, why can't I not clean up something in Drive? It's I can do that now. It's an easy addition to the same source code. So I, I really liked it a lot. Awesome. Any thoughts? No, um, I, th I think this would benefit for another totally unscripted, to be honest. Um, I, I had a look at card services and thought it might be a good idea to update two of my um, add-ons and it's something I've got planned for April, but uh, I've, I've put aside until then. So hopefully before then, Totally Unscripted will have a card mm -hmm. service so, <laughs> series. So super great subway. And again, you get the right guy on the call to talk to and Olaf, because one of the things that Steve on our team uh, is looking at doing is, uh, I think I flashed the card builder tool um, back when Steve actually was on the show and I talked about it. And it's not officially a supported tool that we're working on, um, but it's something we're talking about. So again, uh, with you have Olaf down here, uh, you can actually ask him and if you're in the window, chat in and say you want the tool that builds the UIs to make add-on building easier. Uh, Olaf is the guy to tell. He's right here right now. So guys, tell him that you want that tool. Uh, I, I try, he doesn't listen to me. 
No, it is something we're working on. You want to expand on that? Yeah. It's a great shout out. And, and actually for anybody for comments as well, like anything that we can do, right? To, to help developers build uh, on our platform, uh, please let us know. That's why I love shows like this. That's why I love the GDEs. Like it's just, it's so nice to get feedback. It's so nice to get real world impact, right? It's one thing for us to come up with stuff. It's always harder, right? Like if you're not the person day to day actually building uh, those things for a living. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback. Love to hear any feedback from from anybody on the site. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I think that was my experience. Yeah, I can uh, completely agree with um, the comments about it. You know, with the card service, it's a lot easier to build UI. You're spending less time doing that. Um, but you know, kind of my end to the card service was um, actually uh, Google Chat and writing chatbots. And it, the, you know, the description of chat widgets in Google Chat is is JSON objects, and it's so verbose. You really need a, a visual tool, um, or, or you're just spending as long as you would writing HTML. Um, so I, I would I would definitely give um, uh, two thumbs up to um, getting some visual tools that we can use um, to build build you know, yeah. develop card service. Absolutely, with the time with the time left, a great segue there. You also mentioned writing JSON, so also um, introduced in twenty twenty, not officially one hundred percent shipped, but also in the same vein, the ability to build add ons with alternate runtimes. In other words, I can use my own stack, my own dev tools, my own environment to actually run my add-ons and all I have to do is provide some JSON uh, to make that work. So I don't have to use that script. It frees me away from kind of that, I don't want to say burden, wrong words, but it frees me away from the ability to uh, be requiring that so I can wrote, write my code in one place, source it in one place, produce it in one place, and then we have this capability of running it um, within our backend environment by uh, ingesting your JSON. So uh, again, you probably heard that announcement. Uh, I know Steve, um, Steve Basil, who's actually uh, chiming in and watching is also going to be doing a series at one of our developer days uh, shortly about that. And he also did one uh, back last year on the term alternate runtime. So check that out if you're not necessarily an app script expert or you're interested in building sans app script. We're making that available and viable so you can you can build add-ons um, within your core uh, offerings in your core uh, stack as well too. So that's a good one. So a um, couple other things I just want to shout out that happened last year that are worthwhile talking about while we have some times left. I think they're super interesting. And, and Romain, you mentioned it a little bit, is the ability to do add-ons in different places. So we introduced the Gmail add-on a while ago. Actually, I think it was before 2020, but um, uh, as a whole, as part of uh, the platform in 2020, back in January. Uh, but since then, we've added a couple of other features that I think are super neat. Wanted to see if anybody here is playing with them or talking about them. Uh, one is the Gmail compose time functions, and one is the Gmail send time functions. And so for folks not familiar with those, the ability to build an add-on in Gmail, and for example, to help at compose time, somebody actually ingest data or clean up their text or do uh, something interesting while they're authoring an email before it gets sent out is super awesome for an add-on editor. And then the other one, send time, is I actually can do things when somebody's with my add-on sending out an email, maybe I need to put a disclaimer in it or actually write it through some sort of a 
content management solution, or maybe my legal team needs to review it, you can write a solution that allows you to do something with the mail on send. And again, all part of uh, new functionality added around Gmail add-ons. Anybody here play with those, look at those, or, or have a use case they like about those? I, I saw the announcement. I have not got time or, or had time to play with them, but I can definitely see how there could be lots of lovely little juicy bits and pieces that we could do with those. Yeah, I, I think there's some great use cases, especially when you sit and think about them. I can tell you those features were actually demands made by some high-end customers, enterprise customers, large customers that were interested in really getting a handle on their email environments in different ways and adding functionality. I think they're going to be interesting when they are when they're they're fully adopted and more more folks do it. So so take a look at those. So uh, wrapping up the year, just at the very end of the year, we announced something called the Macro Converter. I don't know if any folks out there come from a Microsoft Office background or work with any customers that have existing Office automations. Uh, but this tool is kind of neat because it allows you to go out and take Office files triage them to figure out which ones may not convert neatly into a Google Workspace environment, and actually identify which ones have any VBA macros and then change that content into app script code so that automation can continue to run. Now, of course, this won't work for every single solution and every single line of VBA out there, but one thing the team worked hard on is getting that 80-20 rule, getting a lot of use cases to easily translate over so you can migrate someone over to Workspace, or you can work with teams in multiple different formats. Maybe some folks are using Office, maybe some folks are using Workspace, maybe you want them to work together or have the same automation experience. The converter will help you do that faster, better, stronger, wiser, smarter. Uh, any folks here, and again, just at the end of the year, the announcement was just made, I believe it was like the 10th or 17th, so we just squeaked it into 2020, but does anybody here play with that or look at it? Yeah, I, ha I have looked at it, and some folks on my team have as well. Um, it kind of like you laid out. It can get you maybe sometimes 100% or 80% there. And I think what that might end up doing, Charles, is increase the amount of uh, people starting to use AppScript, to be learning more about AppScript. Because if they're making that conversion from Microsoft over, they may see AppScript for the first time. So you may see an increase. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Okay. This is a bit of insight to um, viewers. So um, GDE's got a preview of the, the macro converter. And we're so also diehard Google Sheets users. When we ask, does anyone use Excel VBA? I was like, I think he does. Uh, yeah. I think that's the issue for us. We're, um, you know, I think Steve is um, perhaps slightly unique in the fact that he's got customers that he can perhaps support. He's, uh, un he's unique probably in, in today's time, but, you know, for example, there are a lot of folks, obviously, you know, Office still yeah, yeah. has a very strong presence. Um, one of my favorite tools, because I, you know, if folks don't know my background from prior to Google in the Shell, I actually worked for Microsoft. And I wrote a lot of VBA. And one of the great resources was Bruce McPherson's book, Going Gas on how do you actually move over? And it was the way I actually learned AppScript because, uh, but I had to learn it by reading Bruce's book, a phenomenal book, uh, but now with a tool like this, I think it'll make it a lot easier for folks who uh, still buy Bruce's book, by the way, but uh, it, you don't have the opportunity or don't have the need or desire to go through and learn it all. So you're right, a lot of us haven't done it because it's been a while, um, but there's still a lot of customers out there 
don't want to make that. I think there are five billion Excel users out there, so I think yeah. one or two will be wanting to um, uh, yeah. go guess. Yeah. And I know folks like Ben Collins is another GD who does a lot with uh, with, with Excel and with Sheets. Uh, he sees uses for it going back and forth. So again, I you know I have to shout out to the team that built it, and I think it's awesome. I think it's going to be helpful for for folks to kind of you know embrace our world a little sooner, a little easier, a little faster. With that, I'm going to apologize. I talk too much, but it's now 2021. <laughs> I think 2020 was great. Quick round robin as we sign off. Uh, what are you hoping for in 2021? Um, what would you like to see? Where do you want to go? And also, folks listening in, if you have any episodes you're interested in, I know next week we're going to actually talk about dynamic email, uh, AMP for email. Uh, um, John Harmer and Steve Basil are going to join us, and we'll talk about great things you can do there. If you haven't done it, you definitely should take a look at that episode. Um, but anybody else, what's uh, what do you hope for for 2021? Anyone? Just I'm learning hoping. more and looking forward to traveling sometime uh, in 2021. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think stock ranking in order, a vaccine, prosperity, and a source code manager for AppScript, right? So, somewhere like that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think we've, um, uh, so as Charles mentioned, we, you know, this is us back for the second half of our uh, third season. So uh, we're, we're looking for your ideas in terms of shows. So as Charles mentioned, we've got uh, the Amped episode coming up next. And then um, we're hoping to put something together for all you edu users out there. So um, stay tuned for more information on that. Um, but uh, I wonder, Romain or Scott, uh, well, Scott, you've mentioned you'd like uh, another add-ons show. Is there anything else, Scott, you'd, you'd like us to cover? Just more. No, that's it. Uh, I think we're starting to lose connection. I think the kangaroos are bouncing around and, and messing up the, the Wi-Fi <laughs> around here. What about you, Romain? Is there any hot topics or tricky topics or things? Uh, well, I think it will be interesting to um, discuss a, a bit more the uh, new ID. I think it's not mm -hmm. yet, yet available to all. Uh, or maybe it is, I don't remember. Uh, but it will be interesting to uh, maybe uh, share some uh, quick tips uh, uh, during the next uh, episodes uh, because, uh, well, a lot of things is hidden. Uh, and yeah, it's very nice to be able to show uh, some of the uh, quick wins you can get with this uh, new ID. And uh, after that, yeah, uh, I have some uh, add-ons in the work, and I will be uh, pleased wow. to talk about uh, uh, how to uh, build new add-ons uh, in a... Uh, well, that's, that's when, you, when you ship, we'd love to have you back mm. you do the anatomy of an add-on, and you can show us, and you can talk to us, and you can bring it out there, because I know you've done as many add-ons as anybody, and you know it as good as anybody, and we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, again... You know, thanks everybody for attending Olaf for, for stopping in. You know, Scott coming from an RV in Australia and <laughs> Romaine has a brand new baby, you know, 10 feet away. I, you know, thanks guys. Thanks community. Uh, thanks hosts. Uh, 2020 was great. I look forward to 2021 myself. So thank you. Thank you. Be back next week. Same time, same thanks place ish. Um, and uh, we'll be putting up resources and this will get uh, distributed as a podcast. Uh, as well. So uh, in the meantime, everyone, 
happy scripting.